Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hallelujah. Come on, give me one more shout like it's the last time you would have a voice. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Well, you can be seated tonight. Hallelujah. This is our New Year's Eve service. And uh, I believe that God has given me a word to speak to your life, to help you. And I believe that the year 2017, and listen to me and listen to me well, I believe that the year 2017 will be the best year of our life. I believe that every day and every year and every moment of my life has brought me to this hour. And the latter rain shall surely be greater than the former rain. And I believe that God is moving us from one glory to another glory. And I believe that God has something great in store for each and every one of us. And I want to start tonight in 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter, and verse 1 through 8. David has been out pillaging the Philistines' camps. And as he has been out doing what God has called him to do, ordained him to do, anointed him to do, the enemy attacks. So many times we do not read what's happening in its entirety. We always want to sum it up, God, why did you let this happen? Why, what did I do wrong? But tonight I want to speak to you about several things. I want to speak to you about pursuing. The year 2017 needs to be a year that is a place of enragement for the believer. We must become so enraged spiritually and so enraged emotionally and in our thoughts that we become so emboldened that fear is never an issue, that failure is not an option, and giving up is not on the list. Could I get an amen? Too many times we have caved in, rolled over, and submitted and succumbed to that which the enemy has delivered to our life. But this is not a time to draw back. It is a time to push forward. Amen? And I believe that we are on the verge of the greatest revival that man has ever known. And I believe that God has kept me alive and kept me in a position I could serve him to be a part of that great revival so that we can see the great notable day of the Lord. And it says this, And it came to pass that when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captive and they were therein and they were slain not any either great nor small but carried them away and went out their way and David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power or strength to weep. And David, David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinonam and the, Je the Jezerite and Abigail, 
the wife of Nabal, and the the Camelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him because of the soul of the people was grieved, every man and his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said unto Abathar, the priest uh, of, of Ahimelech, and a son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod, and Abinathar brought it thither the ephod to David. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake, and thou shalt without fail recover all. I want to speak to you tonight about the adversary coming into our lives. So many of us are living in our past. We are living in the past of what the adversary has done. These people were so distressed and so distraught because of this loss. Think about their present moment had been so disrupted, brought into chaotic destruction, their wives were gone. Not only were their wives gone, but their children were gone. It speaks of our future. It speaks of our hopes. It speaks of our legacy, our inheritance being marked or impressioned upon someone else to carry on our namesake. These men were so distraught that they lifted up their voice and they cried out in agony until there was not one ounce of strength to cry anymore. They cried out for compassion. They cried out for comfort. They cried out for mercy. They cried out for the safety of their families. Yet, they got nothing. So in the midst of all of this, they did what most people in a situation do. They begin the blame game. They begin to blame David. They probably begin to blame, this was your plan. If we hadn't been down there, we would have been home. This was your plan. If we hadn't been there, we could have been here. They begin to blame David. They blamed him so much. They were so overwhelmed with their grief. They wanted to take David's life by stoning him. The only problem was that they blame everybody but the real source. The devil was the source of this attack. It was the devil's people. It was people that hated God and hated his plan and hated his purpose. But sometimes when we get hurt, when we get wounded, when we get offended, when we get weary, when we get discouraged, when we get distraught, when we get disappointed, what we do is we begin to blame other people because we forget that the devil is behind taking advantage of everything that happens in our life. Could I get an amen? Remember, he hasn't changed his scenario. He still kills, steals, and destroys. But we as Christians sometimes want to attribute those characteristics to other things and other people. But it lies sorely upon the nature of the devil in our life. Could I get an amen? Listen, these people could have sat in their ashes. And they would have sat there. 
they would have turned to destroy each other if it had not been for David seeking the voice of God in his darkest hour. And I'm here to tell you, when the devil attacks you, whether it's by offense, whether it's by a need not being met, whether it's by disappointment, sickness, disease, uh, accusations, lies, murmurings, complaining, whatever it might be, understand that the devil is attacking your faith. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to get you to live in the rubbish of your zitlag, the rubbish of something that happened yesterday. And he wants you to begin to view that you are in a situation that is impossible to change. But listen, we are not like people that build altars and dwelling places in the ashes of our yesterday. We are people that have awakened unto our righteousness and we serve a righteous God that will do right no matter where we are and what we are involved in. Could I get an amen? So we don't want to allow our ashes to become a place that we stay. The devil wants to use everything against you to bring you to an end that you think there is no way out and there's no possible change that could ever happen. You might think that it's too far gone. You might think it's been too long. You might think I can't remember when. But I am here to tell you tonight that God is not a God whose arm is short. He's not a God that is given up. He's not a God that is uh, sidelined. He's not a God that is silent. He's not a God that is idle. He began the work of your deliverance before your problem ever started. And he started declaring a victory over you before your battle ever began. Come on. Somebody shout hallelujah. But what we got to do is we're going to have to take a stand. And we're going to have to get the rubble out of the way. And we're going to have to start building on what God said could happen. We're going to have to get a word from heaven. We're going to have to hear in the darkest hour, in the windiest storm, in the mad dashing of the greatest wave. We're going to have to hear what God has to say about our tomorrow. And what God is going to say is not get comfortable. He's not going to say endure. He's not going to say be happy where you're at. What he's going to say is get up. Because what he says to one, he says to all. Get up and pursue. I never gave you something to give to the devil. I never gave you something to lose. I never gave you something to forfeit. I'm telling you to rise up and pursue because you will overtake. Get up, run, be passionate, be devoted, persevere, focus, and you will surely overtake and recover all. Come on, somebody. Listen, you and I, as people of God, must never allow the adversary to take advantage of the smoke and the crackling of the destruction that has taken place. I can imagine David hearing the burning of the logs still cracking, still sparking. I imagine that there were little flame piles all over this chaotic place that once had been called home, a place of safety, a place that God had blessed a place of refuge. But David came back. He heard the sounds of defeat. Every crackling was crying out, where is your God? Every crackling that was happening was saying, 
What about God's faithfulness now? What about the goodness of God? What about the abundant life? What about the victory? What about the breakthrough? I'm here to tell you that you have to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. You can't listen to your rubble. You can't listen to your failure. You can't listen to what happened yesterday. Yesterday is gone. It is a starting point, but it is not a dwelling place, and it is not an ending place. It is a place where we seat ourselves. We stabilize ourselves, but we wake and we rise up and we stir ourselves to listen to what God has said for our life. Because no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, that is not who you are. You are who God said you were. You can do what God said you could do. You are anointed like God said you are. And you are an inheritor of what God said his people could have. And if God's already declared it, you don't have to beg for it. If you've already been discovered it, all you got to do is lay hold of it. Come on, somebody. We got to realize in the darkest hour, God is not forsaking us. God is calling us to rise up and be who he has called us to be. Come on, the devil wants to destroy your faith. He wants to destroy your joy. He wants to steal your praise. But I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter what happens to Ziklag. You don't have to dwell in Ziklag. You can get up. You can cross over. You can move forward. And God has a place that he's going to bring the spoils of your faith to your life. And you will return greater than when you left your place of defeat. Hallelujah. Come on, shout hallelujah. Listen, we as Christians need to realize that we are the people of God. He has purchased us. He has bought us. Jesus prayed a prayer. God, make them one as you and I are one. God, as you have sent me, I have sent you. Listen, God sent him anointed with power and with the Holy Ghost. He went about doing good, healing, and destroying all the works of the adversary, the devil, because he was the author of oppression. He sent us to do what God had sent him to do. Come on. He said, God, make them one as you and I are one. God, the glory that you have given them, I give now unto them. God, that I possess, I engraft upon them. Listen to me. Jesus positioned us to be sons and daughters of God. He never failed when he confronted the devil, and he will never fail when he confronts him through you and I. Come on. Death could not hold him. Come on. The grave could not keep him bound. The devil couldn't keep him bound. God has braced us and glorified us and crowned us with glory and honor. He has called us sons and daughters. He's lifted it up. He's not pressed us down. He's brought us out. He didn't push us in. Come on. God has called us to be victorious in Christ Jesus. It is our inherited right to rise up out of defeat and bring forth victory. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. You cannot let where you're at right now, you cannot let the smoldering of your defeat. It doesn't matter if you have failed in, in finance. It doesn't matter if you failed in faith. It doesn't matter if you gave up. It doesn't matter that you have come to the end of yourself. It doesn't matter if you say, God, I'm weary of being weary. I'm tired of being tired. It doesn't matter where you're at. 
what you said in the past. I'm telling you, God's got a word for your mouth right now. And you need to rise up and you need to begin to declare it. Let your voice go beyond the smoke. Let your voice go beyond the, so the sounds of the crackling of your defeat. And let your voice rise up because what you say, God will bring to pass. What you decree, God will make it good. God has put something in your mouth. Be like David and say, I'm going to pursue. I'm going to overtake. And I'm going to recover all. The devil's not keeping my purpose. He's not keeping my blessing. He's not keeping my joy. He's not keeping my healing. Because in the midst of all of this, this is what God's going to say. Pursue and your needs will be met. Pursue by, your, by my stripes. You have been healed. Pursue. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Pursue. I'll anoint you. Pursue. I will encourage you. Pursue. I'll lift you up. Pursue. I will cause you to leap over a wall and run through a troop. I will cause your feet to be like hind feet. Listen, God is a transformer from those that have been defeated to those that have been victorious. A thousand can fail. Ten thousand may fall. But it will not come nigh us because we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. We are the apple of His eye. We are the people of His heart. We are the people of His redemption. We are the blood bought, the blood called. We are the ador ador adorned by God and the anointed of the Lord. Who shall be against us? For God is on our side. Come on, shout hallelujah. Praise God as you listen to that voice. That voice is going to say, I'm with you. That voice is going to say, we can do it together. That voice is going to say, I'm here. That if you'll be like Gideon, if you'll embrace your identity, no matter what's going on, don't let your circumstances outshout God. Don't let your circumstances outshout you as a believer. Don't let your circumstances blind you. Let God put eyes have on your eyes and see and behold what the Lord hath done. What you want to do is allow God to declare your identity. Listen, Gideon, you are a great man of valor. Though you're beating out a meager living, though the Midianites are stealing everything you got, I want to tell you, all you need to do is rise up. You don't have to ask me, is it me? I'm telling you, Gideon, you are the man of valor. Rise up, accept who I've said you are. Go and do what I said you could do. You and I will walk together and we shall smite the Midianites as one man. Your weakness will be my will be swallowed up by my strength. My strength will be your overcoming. My strength will be your covering. My strength will go before you. My strength will take you through. You will be called Zerubbabel. You will pull down the high places and you will establish the altars of worship again in this house, saith the Lord of hosts. I'm telling you it's time that you and I start pulling down the altars of tradition that says you can't I can't. It'll never be. It always has been. My mama had it. I'll have it. Daddy had it. They had it. My aunt was like this. Stop it. We don't live by tradition. We are born of a seed, of the incorruptible seed of God. We are born of Jesus Christ himself. Hallelujah. And there is nothing traditional about us. We are the people of God. And all things are of God. And all things are passed away. Hallelujah.
Let's come out of the prisons of traditional thinking and out of the traditionals of limited faith and let's start living the way that God wants us to live. We are overcomers, hallelujah. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1, 8, Paul said when we were beyond ourselves, we despaired of life itself. We didn't know where to turn. We've looked everywhere. We tried everything. But then it came to our thought life. It came to our hearts. It sprang forth. God showed us a light. And it said that we should not believe upon ourselves, but that we should believe upon the God that lived on the inside of us. And God changed our situation in a moment of time. And he brought victory out of defeat. Folks, don't look at yourself. Don't look at your own strength. Don't look at your own reasoning and your own wisdom. Start looking to the way that God can do what you can't do. When you are despaired of life to your last rope, when you think you're going to slip off, be of good courage. There is a God that is on your side. And all you got to do is believe. And if you'll simply believe, I'm telling you all things are possible. And I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care what the financer said. I don't care what the employment line said. I don't care what welfare has said. I don't care what the medicine cabinet says. I don't care what the gas tank says. I'm telling you that there's nothing impossible to the God whom we serve and to the God of whose we are. God will not fail us. God will not forsake us. Come on. When Moses died, God said this, Joshua, don't be discouraged. Because as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I'm telling you, we need to have the mindset that we are not just a, a rub, bunch of rubbish and a bunch of rab, rabble that the world hates, but that we need to have a mindset that we are God's creation. We are made in his image. We are born of Christ Jesus. And we need to let this mind be in us that whatever Jesus did, we can do because we are born of his seed. We are made in his likeness. And I'm telling you, the devil is afraid of you. Circumstances are afraid of you. Situations are afraid of you. Offense is afraid of you. Wound is afraid of you. Sorrow is afraid of you. All you got to do is rise up and be who God has called you to be because you are the chosen, the anointed and the appointed God. Come on. God chose us before the foundations of the world. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, God told Joshua, and you shall take them in. In other words, you do what Moses did bringing them out, but now you will take them in. Listen, what Moses did, Joshua did. What Jesus did, we will do. And if death couldn't hold him, it can't hold us. If the devil couldn't defeat him, it can't defeat us. Come on. Hallelujah. If God was with him, he's with us. If God provided for him, he'll provide for you. If God heard his prayer, he'll hear your prayer. Come on, God is with us. He has glorified us as he has glorified his son. Shout hallelujah. Praise God. You and I must never be afraid 
to declare who we are and what God is going to do. Well, what if God doesn't? Listen, God doesn't. What if God doesn't is not in his vocabulary. It's not in the vocabulary of the believer. Our believing is based on God's absolute faithfulness and that he will do what he has declared he will do. We can proclaim the gospel to every sinner and we can proclaim that every mountain is moved when we speak. We can proclaim that every storm is calmed when we say. We can proclaim that every need is met when we sow a seed. We can believe what God has said and we don't want to hold back but we want to speak boldly. Don't be moved by where you're at. Don't be moved by what's going on. Be moved by what God has said and be moved to faith because of his faithfulness. We are the people of God. Who else would God be with but with us? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you that God wants to do something for us in the year 2017 that has never ever been seen on planet earth before. Because the Bible says that when they did the signs and wonders, they saw them and they believed. Come on somebody, shout hallelujah. I'm telling you, 2017 is about to transition into a place that the church will rise and that the church will begin to be seen as the asset of America and will begin to be seen as the blessed of God, the chosen, the set apart, the sanctified, the victorious, and the untouchable because we belong to God. Give me that microphone, Phil. But as great as Elijah was, that when Elisha came, he received a double portion of the release of God's spirit for the generation that he was to reign in. And I want you to understand that in 2017, God is no longer going to settle with the impact of the enemy on our lives. It's as Pastor has said, that this seems that it has been a time where we have been oppressed, we've been pushed back, we've been dealt hard hands. And I will tell you that just like David survived Zilag, Joshua had to survive the passing of Moses and we see that Gideon's whole family looked like they were going to lose everything and under that pressure one thing remained true that they kept their identity in God and when they got through the battle and returned to themselves they stood up and rose in the victory of the blood of Jesus and overcame and I'm telling you that God is causing us to reign in life he's causing us to rise up he's causing us to become something in 2017 that we've never been before but it's been our inheritance that God said he will be our God we will be his people we should 
be set aside as a delightsome land and we should walk in the realm of victory by the Spirit of the Lord. I want to remind us that we can look back and see the former reign of God. We can declare His glory. Even in the Bible, when they crossed over into Joshua's new time, they made a memorial of 12 stones and said, this is so that the generations ahead of us can remember the great victories. But I also want you to know that God said that you should tarry so that He can receive unto us the latter reign and that His Spirit being poured out in the latter times will be greater than that, which we have ever seen and we are declaring tonight that 2017 shall be a time where the world turns again and looks to the church just like Gideon did in his time when he said where is the God of miracles and the angels came and said if you will rise up and accept the identity God has given you you will see who the God of miracles is everybody in here you've been called into the being the new creatures of God amen but have we forgotten that right with the call of bring a new creature in 2 Corinthians 5 17 we are instructed to understand that also we are ambassadors we are reconcilers and we do not live this life out of the reservoirs of who we are we don't even live this life out of the reservoirs of the world we live this life out of the reservoirs of our heritage we are children we are pilgrims we are aliens in this life because we are citizens of the kingdom of God therefore our authority was never meant to just be the hand of man on this life. See, we're not going to reign just out of the reservoirs of what we can touch in this life. We're going to reign out of the kingdom of God where he has said, as it is in heaven, let it be on this earth. Amen? So let us grab a hold of the inheritance of the double portion believers. Amen. Let us see that we celebrate what the church has done and where the church has went. But we also celebrate that in the new generation of God, there is not the same portion. Even God said, even though I restore you like I did from the beginning, we didn't even get the restoration that Adam had. Do you understand that we were giving something much greater in our reconciliation to God? Do you understand that the Lord himself said, I do not just give you the same covenant of the Old Testament, but now I give you my brand new covenant. I don't even call you servants anymore, but I call you children. And you are made in my image and you have been given a greater covenant. There is a more abundance of the anointing of God for our lives than ever before. In 2017, a year of wholeness and completeness, let us not stand for anything less than God's absolute best for our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to 1 Samuel again. 30. And go 8. 1 Samuel 30. 8. Notice what David says. The Bible tells us, David inquired of the Lord saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, I want you to understand something, that David was not believing God for restoration. He was believing God that he would win a victory against the adversary. He, David was looking for revenge, but God was seeking restoration. David was thinking that what he had lost was too far gone. He says, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? But God answered and said, pursue, thou shalt surely overtake. And by the way, David, you will recover all. See, sometimes with the people of God, we just were like David. We don't believe that it's possible for the things that the adversary has stolen to be restored to us. If the year 2017 is going to be a year of divine restoration, it's going to be a year 
year that God restores some things that you believe were too far gone. There were many times in the Gospels that people thought that it was too far gone, but the resurrection is not just an action, it's a person. And the resurrection would walk up to people that, that thought it was too far gone, and the resurrection would do what the resurrection could only do. Can I get an amen? The Bible says that David was seeking after revenge. There's many people that I'm, I'm talking to Davids today. I'm talking to individuals that have made up their mind that it's not God's fault. I'm talking to individuals that have made up their mind that they will still be strong in the midst of the battle. But I would want to say to you today that when the word of the Lord came to David, he said, come up a little bit higher, David. Don't just think about getting revenge, David. I'm going to get you revenge, David. But by the way, I want to get you restoration. Everything that you thought was too far gone, I will restore back onto you. Hallelujah. Quickly, go to Joel chapter 2, please. Joel 2. I want to read you a passage of scripture that's been on my spirit. Let's go to 2.25. Joel 2.25. And I. That's the I am. That's the I am. That's the answer to a question that hasn't been asked yet. Who loves me? Who's the one that's in love with me? I am. Oh, come on. I will restore the years. Somebody say the years. Only God can restore you time. What should take you six years will take you six months. No, come on. See, only God can restore time. I will restore the years that the palmer worm, the canker worm, and the caterpillar, and the locust have stolen. Those years that addiction stole from you, I will restore them back to you. Those years that offense and bitterness stole from you, I will restore them back to you. Those years that you wasted your life in rebellion and disobedience, I will restore them back to you. What the adversary has stolen, I will restore. Why would God restore such a thing? Because restoration always precedes revival. Where are we at? We're in Joel 2, 26. Come on, you're Pentecostals. You know what comes next. Come on, go down to verse 28. The Bible says, In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. On my servants and upon my handmaidens, I will pour out my spirit. See, we've been believing God for revival. It's time that me and you start believing for restoration. Jesus came to restore every promise to the disciples. Before it came to pass, he came to restore the healing of the God of Israel. He came to restore the leading of the God of Israel. He came to restore everything to those disciples so that they could receive revival. You can't have Pentecost without restoration. Can I get an amen? We have got our thinking down here. It's time that we come up a little bit higher and start believing God for something greater. Can I get an amen? If 2017 is going to be a year, which I know that it is, a year that God has done in your life things that you have never even dreamed. It's time for you to be like David and get your thinking to come up a little bit higher. Start believing God for the things that have been stolen. They are not too far gone. For if God can restore the years, what can he not restore? If God can undo time, what is it that's so impossible? The, the impossible things that the world would say is crazy. The resurrection and the life has come to touch. Jesus is the resurrection. He is the life. He has come to bring you restoration to bring you revival. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say faith. Somebody say faith. Everything that these men have talked about, it's got to take faith. You got to start walking in faith. It's not by coincidence that the Bible says the just shall live by faith. How many people in here are the just? 
Let me see your hands. If you are the just, well, let me tell you something. It's time that you start living. Let me tell you something. Listen, the Bible says four times in Habakkuk, in Romans, in uh, Galatians, and in Hebrews, the just shall live by faith. So here's what the Bible is telling me. The Bible is telling me that faith to my spirit man is like blood to my body. It's time that we start living today. It's time that we get out of the past, as Pastor said. It's time that we start looking forward to the victory, but that's only going to come by faith. Listen, in Hebrews chapter 11, you guys know this. I, I, I know this is nothing new to you, but in Hebrews 11:1, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you find it hard to hope, but I'm just going to be honest with you. You're not walking in faith. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care what people have said. I don't care what people have done. The Bible is clear. Now faith. Somebody say faith. It is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the very thing that what you're hoping for stands on. Uh, I'll keep going. Somebody will get that later on the way home. It says, it says the evidence of things not seen. Have you ever tried to return something in a store? You ever try to take something back? You, you, you ever try to take it back without a receipt? They look at you like you're crazy. They're, they're not going to take it back. Let me tell you something. You know what faith is? It's the receipt. Listen, faith is the proof. It's the proof, baby. Listen, let me just tell you something. When, you, when there is nothing else, when there is nothing else that is speaking to your situation, when there is nothing else that you have to hold on, when there is nothing else that you can trust in, that's when faith kicks in and says, I got it. I got it. I got it. That's, it's the proof. You know, why do you think that every attack that you go through is an attack against your faith? Because the devil understands to just live by faith. So why don't I attack your faith or you just stop living? You got the walking dead in the church today. People just walking around, speaking death, not using faith, looking at what the world says, looking at what they're going through. Let me tell you something. That's not the life of a believer. When David, when, when David went to Ziglag and saw that everything had been taken from him, both, not just one wife, but two wives, my God, but everything had been taken from him. Let me tell you something. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do when you need the impossible to occur? What do you do when you need something that has never happened before to happen now? That sounds like a good time for faith. In Hebrews 11, it talks about Enoch. It talks about a man who just, he just trusted God. And what happened? The Bible says he didn't even taste death. He was just taken away. Listen, faith will cause you to experience things that have never happened before. Some of you need some stuff that has never happened before. See, you keep looking to the things that have already happened. And God says, but that's not faith because you've seen that already. I need you to believe in something that's never happened before. I need you to just step out into a realm that people will look at you and say, he's crazy. You can say, no, I'm walking by faith. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven six 6, that it is impossible it's impossible. You cannot please God without faith. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. How many of, I'm going to talk about me. I'm not going to talk about you. How many times, Pastor Phil, how many times, how many times have I not been pleasing to God just because a little trouble came my way? 
a little storm blew, a little wind came, a little misfortune, some bad news, some things that I didn't anticipate, some things I didn't count on. God says, listen, that's not a time for you to walk with your head down. That's a time for you to be pleasing to me. Can we say amen? Listen, church, it's time that we stop looking like the world. That's why the world doesn't want to come to church. People don't want to come to church because the church looks just like them. They look just like them. They're at work complaining, cussing, fussing, and the Christian, the, the church member is standing next to them cussing, fussing, and complaining too. And they got the nerve to say, you want to come to church with me on Sunday? No, I don't want to go to your church, you know. Because you're doing what I do. Listen, the Bible is real clear. In, in, in Hebrews eleven seven, it says, By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark. Noah didn't have an example of that. Are you, do you understand that? It wasn't like Noah said, well, you know, uh, Bob built an ark last year, so I'm going to go get the blueprints from him and ask him, you know, what he did and how he did it. No, he did something that had never been done before. He built a boat. People looked at him and said, what are you doing? You know, what is it? What, what, what is this? But see, faith will put you in a position like that. Faith will cause you to be determined. Faith will cause you to just be set forth focus and be relentless. Faith will cause you to not give up. That's why the church needs to walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah. It's too, it's too, it's we too long. Listen, this world, this world is in need of people that will walk by faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, it talks about Abraham. The Bible says it was like Abraham was just about dead. You know, the, the man was 100 years old and a nation came out of him. Listen, this world right now needs a Holy Ghost-filled nation. But my question is this, will you be the one to walk in faith? Will you be the one? Will you be the one to ignite a people? Listen, we got all kind of bad news. It doesn't matter what station you turn to, this group against that group, this, this gender, genders against each other. Listen, let me tell you something. We need a Holy Ghost-filled nation. We need a Holy Ghost-filled nation. And the only way that's going to come is if the church decides to walk in faith. Can we say amen to that? Come on, give the Lord a hand, praise. God is calling us in 2017 to rise out of the ashes of what used to be into what he has called us to be. Far too long the church world has walked around and talked about what used to be and the revivals they used to have and all of the power that used to be. And we've looked at it sad. And downhearted because we think we can't have it anymore. But the Bible says in Hosea, to sow to yourself in righteousness and reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. You see, David encouraged himself in the Lord when everybody else was having a pity party. And then he inquired of the Lord and asked and said, Lord, can I go after my enemy? And will I overtake them? Listen, if you'll seek the Lord and sow in righteousness and begin to break up the fallow ground or where there used to be something planted, where sin 
seed used to be growing, but it's not growing anymore. If you begin to allow the Holy Spirit to stir inside of you, then guess what? If you inquire the Lord, 2017 will become a year of permission. For you to go into places and things that you have never been able to go into before. You will begin to sow into fields and sow into places that you have never been allowed to touch before. Why? Because you seek the face of God. In the midst of strife and contention, in the midst of rioting in this nation, God is saying to the church, rise up out of the ashes of what used to be. Encourage yourself in me and break up the fallow ground. The word fallow means this, not impregnated. It is without seed. Far too long the church has gone without seed. I don't care what your problem is. I don't care where your barren place is. The Lord says in 2017, break up the ground and sow into it. If you need financial breakthrough, sow into it. If you need healing breakthrough, sow into it. If you need deliverance, sow into it. But break up the fallow ground. Why? Because the land has been redeemed. Jesus Christ bought it back already. It's possessed by us. And if we would just come to the realization that every place we lay our foot belongs to us, it's the redeemed of the Lord. It's our land. Therefore, we have the right to break it up and sow seed into it and see something grow and come to pass. 2017 is a permission year to go into places that you've never gone before, to touch things in your life, that you haven't touched in a long time. I feel this. Pastor started out, oh man, with David and Ziglag. And I'm telling you, God is speaking to us for this year. is a year where we can go into areas of our life that we've never allowed God to touch before because we've kept that off limits. We said, that's too hurtful, God. You can't go there. Don't touch that on me. God says, this is the year that I bring deliverance. This is the year I heal the pain. This is the year I break up the fallow ground and it's going to be useful in your life. It's not going to sit there wasted and laying waste anymore, but it's useful in your life. Whose report do you believe? Brother Rick was preaching about faith. Isaiah chapter 53 asks you, whose report do you believe? And guess what? The next chapter 54 says, sing, all barren, sing. Thou that have a child, sing. Why? Because you're breaking up the fallow ground where there was no seed and you're believing the report of the Lord that something will grow from nothing. There's places in your life You've never allowed God to go before. That you don't want to even go back to. And it's holding you back to walking into the glory, the glory and the fullness that God has for you. And God says, this is the year. This is the year. This is the year of the redeemed. This is the year where I come in and I begin to break those places up. And I begin to cultivate that land. And I begin to sow seed that will bring forth fruit. And he says this in John chapter 15, that your fruit would bring forth more fruit than would develop into much fruit. Then your fruit 
would remain. Why? Because the blessing of God is upon the land. And when you allow him to come into the place where you haven't allowed him to touch before, his hand touches the land and it begins to be blessed. And guess what? Your fruit will therefore remain because it is the righteousness and the blessed of God. So in righteousness, so into the goodness of God. It's your job. For too long the church has been sitting still waiting for God to come and move in his glory and his power. And he's been telling us all of the time, I'm moving through you. You sow. If you'll sow, I'll give the increase. If you'll just sow, I'll bring forth the increase. And we've sat in our pew day after day and year after year and have not seen any increase because we've not sown. Sow in righteousness. Break up the fallow ground. For God says, this is the year of permission to go into places that you've never touched before. Oh, I'm telling you, church, if we will listen and heed the word of God, we'll be like that phoenix rising up out of the ashes in the fire. And we'll begin to go forth in power and demonstration of his glory. And we will see things happening this year that we've never seen before. And God will bring forth that revival. Oh, he'll bring forth that revival that we've longed for. We've asked for it. Have you inquired of it? I've inquired the Lord of it. And he's saying this year is the year of permission, but we have to seek his face. Asking it shall be given. Seeking it shall find. Knocking it shall be opened unto you. When we begin to seek the face of God, God will give us the permission this year to go in those places that have been untouched for years and unfruitful in your life. Hallelujah. Well, good evening. Second Chronicles uh, 20 and 20 tells us to um, believe in the Lord, and you shall be established, but believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. The Thessalonian church was commended by the Apostle Paul. He said, you've believed us and the Lord. And we just heard uh, a series of, of words with prophetic unction. And the first being, pursue, overtake, and recover. And uh, we're here tonight, and, and I don't know about you, but that word, birth, just, just, just overflows out of my heart. We, we, we came, I don't know what you're going through, I know what we're going through, and, and I know the devil's stolen a few things from me this past year. And I was just, just right as they were calling me up, I was just reading through the rest of 1 Samuel 30. They got it all back. They got it all back. They got it all back. Amen. Now, here, here's, here's what I, I was, as I was meditating on my heart, uh, as we were headed over, the word that came to me was prophetic silence. Prophetic silence. And what I mean by that, we just heard an awesome word of God. And that word is for us. If you lost anything this past year, if you lost anything, there are people believing God for wayward children. There are people believing for health, for finances, whatever. Those are things. And Pastor Dostak just, just laid that out, man. And, but we just heard a prophetic word. Believe it and prosper. 
Now, here's what happens. This is what happened to Abraham. Abraham had a word from God in Genesis chapter 12. Get out of your country. Go to a land which I'm going to show you, okay? I'm going to make you a great nation. I'll bless those that bless you, curse those that curse you, all right? And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Well, that's awesome. Abraham had a prophetic word. Yeah, woohoo! Let's go, baby. So they loaded up the carts, the donkey, all those things, and they began to go. And do you know where they went? Right into a famine. And then he had to change his plans, go down to Egypt because of a famine. Next thing we know, he's having issues with his nephew. Then, his, then they have to separate. Then he has to go to war that he wasn't expecting to go to. And it got worse and worse and worse. And God said very little during those times. You know, there are times when God doesn't say much. I love it when God speaks to me. He speaks to me a lot. He speaks to you a lot, I'm sure. But there are times he doesn't speak. And tonight we just heard a word. Pursue, overtake, recover. And what happens is that you set your faith into that and you head out the next couple of weeks and all of a sudden the devil becomes knocking on your door and you feel like, Lord, did you just send me into a famine? God, where are you? And God's not speaking. You know why he's not speaking? Because he already spoke. <laughs> he already spoke. As a matter of fact, I was, just, I was just thinking through some of the times that God has prophetically been silent. You know in Revelation chapter 8, heaven will become silent for a half an hour. You know why? Because the, the last bull judgment is being about to be poured out, which will be seven trumpets. And while that is happening, the prayers of the martyrs are being poured out to God. There's a time and God is about to do recompense on behalf of his people. Sometimes maybe God is silent in your life and it's setting you up for a time where God is hearing your prayers and setting you up for recompense. There was a time in Malachi, between Malachi and Jesus, it was a 400-year period of God's silence. God said nothing for 400 years. What, what was happening? God was setting things up because Jesus was about to show up on the scene and a prophetic messenger was about to go forth to prepare the way for him. There was a time and the Israelites were in slavery for 400 years. And that's all we have. We, God was silent during those 400 years. But then it says, they cried out, and God remembered their covenant. And, you know, sometimes I want to, you know, you, know you, you guys, you talk about just piggybacking in the Holy Ghost, and, you know, Rick's talking about walking by faith, and you're talking about sowing seeds of, of righteousness and breaking up the fallow ground. Hallelujah. Well, you see, they, they probably were praying for, kind of praying, Facebook praying. Y'all know what Facebook praying is? Prayers your way. Prayers and good thoughts. Don't pray for me with prayers and good thoughts. You pray the prayer of faith if you're going to pray over me. You pray the prayer of Holy Ghost anointed, but you believe the word of God faith. If you want to send me your Facebook prayers and thoughts, just save your keystrokes and post a picture of a Bambi or something. Okay? Now, but it says they cried out. After 400 years, they got tired of just praying good prayers and good thoughts. And they began to cry out to God. And then God remembered their covenant. Sometimes God is silent because we've not called on God the way we need to call on God. There was a time God was silent. Jesus had heard the Pharisees and said, he said, hey, this woman's been caught in adultery. What should we do with her? What, what did Jesus say? 
Nothing. Why? And this is applied to me. Oh, me. Because God doesn't respond to foolishness. <laughs> and there's times I've been foolish before God and then wondered why he was silent. But lastly, I, I think of, go back to Abraham and the times where, where Abraham was going through his, his life. There was a 25-year period between Genesis 12 and Genesis 21 from when he got the promise and to when he had Isaac. And during that time period, we think that's nine chapters in the Word of God, Genesis 12 to Genesis 21, nine chapters. And during that time, God spoke to Abraham six times that we see six encounters. Now, there may have been more, but we have six recorded encounters between God and Abraham. Now, if you do the math, 25 years, that's 9,125 days. And of those 9,125 days, there were six. And what do you think that meant? What was that prophetic silence saying? The prophetic silence was saying, I gave you a word. I've anointed you to carry it out. And by faith, Rick, apprehend, lay hold of, go get it, don't back down. And when the devil rears his head up and says, you can't, you won't, here's a famine, your nephew is this, this is bad, Sarah is this, and you're barren and you're old, about that time, you keep on walking, you keep on pushing, you keep on putting your faith out there and refusing. You know the old saying, you Pentecostal bunch, we refuse to be refused, we deny to be denied, we will obtain the the inheritance that was paid for us by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And by the way, we're on this side of the cross. We have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. We have the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues. We have God speaking to us, living in us every single day. And if I could just say, as I, I just close this up, tomorrow, the word that you heard tonight is just as valid. And if the devil shows you a famine... It, whatever he shows you this word, think about it. Pursue, overtake, recover. All is valid. Our hands up towards heaven. You know God is here to do good things. Hallelujah. Gentlemen, why don't you come on up here and help me? Hallelujah. Now, we're going to start ministering to people. Hallelujah. Ashley, let's sing that song. Oh, the glory of his presence. We, his people, give you reverence. So arise. And be blessed, hallelujah, by our praise as we glory in your name. Hallelujah. If you guys have a word for someone, go ahead. Hallelujah. We are people. 
as I was over there and I was listening to these men of God speak, you kept coming to my mind over and over again. And you and I, we don't know each other that well. But I do know some of the things that God has spoke over your life. And the Bible says that Joshua, he would go into the tent with Moses. And the Bible says that after Moses would leave the tent, mm -hmm. Joshua would stay. Because see, what, what he was doing was is he was building wells with God that God would use and speak into his life. See, Joshua, I'm not saying this about you. Joshua had a fear problem. If you read all the way through the book of Joshua, God's continuing to tell him, don't be afraid. You be strong. I've spoke to you. You be strong. You meditate on my word. <clears throat> but in order to get from where he was to where he needed to go, there was some time on the floor. See, Moses led Joshua into the tent. But Moses did not make Joshua leave just when he left. Because there was a lot of time in the backside of the wilderness that Joshua or that Moses dug wells with God that Joshua didn't know about. And so what Moses did was is he led the young man into the tent of meeting. And it was up to Joshua just to lay, stay in his presence, even when Moses left. And he could have went and left and said, well, I'm, Mo I'm Moses' minister. I have to go. I have to be right by his right hand. But Moses did not make Joshua leave. Joshua was able to stay right there. And I heard the Lord, as, as I was sitting over there, I heard the Lord speak that it is a time that God is speaking to you in front of all these witnesses. That you know what you've been called to do. But you're going to have to spend some time on the floor. You're going to have to go into those places that Moses takes you. And you're going to have to say, but I think I need to stay a bit. And I feel that God has already said that this has already begun. This isn't something that I'm telling you to do. This is not something that you haven't heard before. This is a moment where 2017 is going to transition things forever. 2017 is a time where you are going from one place to another place. But don't forget the time on the floor. Don't forget the time in the tent of meeting. Do you have any pain? Is it you? You have pain in your back? Who's that? Is it you? You have pain? Where's it at? In your neck? So here's the thing. He needs to know that I'm not just doing all these things. So if God heals her, then you'll know at least what I'm saying to you is worth praying about. Actually, if God heals her, then you're going to know that the word of the Lord has come to you. And that this is a time for you. He uses the foolish things to confound the wise. He used a donkey one time in the Old Testament. But this is a moment and a time where God is calling you to dig your own well. They're not wells that you, that you haven't been led into. Moses has led you in to the tent of meeting. But the Bible says Joshua stayed and he dwelt. You said it's in your, your neck and your back? What happened? We believe in chiropractors, amen. What happens when the chiropractor looks at you and everything's good? Can I tell you a story just quickly? My wife, she's, uh, she's over there. She's the pretty one. And um, one time we were in God moments, and uh, the Lord spoke to Trisha Fissel. She's the, the brown-haired lady in the sea of those ladies over there. And you know what? She was supposed to go to the chiropractor. She was so stoved up, she couldn't even walk to the bathroom without crying. And she was supposed to go for six straight months, three times a week, 
But the Spirit of the Lord spoke to Tricia. And she said, can I pray for you? And they prayed. And that night at God Moments, on a Friday night, God healed my wife. She hasn't been back to the chiropractor since. So how about me and you believe God? Can I put my hand on your shoulder? Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. Can you stand up? Perfect completion, healing right now in the name of Jesus. Oh God, for your glory. I pray right now that everything comes into alignment in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that every vertebrae comes into alignment right now in the name of Jesus. All that pain in that neck has to go right now in the name of Jesus. I command this pain to come out in Jesus' name. Pain go. Pain go. Jesus. Hey, what's it feel like now? Okay. You used to not be able to look up, but now you are. I know all these people are staring at you. That's all right. They're looking at me. Where's the pain? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command every bit of this pain right now to come out in Jesus' name. Be healed for your glory, Jesus. Okay, where did it go now? It's gone. Listen, I understand. What God has promised, he will surely fulfill. You follow Moses into that tent. You don't be afraid to dwell. God will fulfill every single word that he's ever spoke to you. In Jesus' name. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Don't wait for heaven. Hello, Sister Lori Sales. Stand up here for just a minute, please. You know, I remember a man of God came and gave you and Jesse a word one time that was representative of us as a body. And he says that you are not for sale. Hallelujah. And I want you to know that the Lord was speaking to me even tonight that you and Jesse have went through a season that would have tested anybody's faith. And the Lord tells me tonight that you have proven to him over and over that you're not for sale. Coming into 2017, you guys, and this is representative of the church. I believe many of us have been through seasons of hardship, persecution, things that would have derailed the faith of lesser folks but the lord's telling me that your determination to stay the course no matter adversity no matter how the plates increase and tiredness and all the things challenge disappointment hurt hardship false accusation there's been many things that you guys have endured in this last season that would break most people but the lord is telling me that you are like david you've had your zigzag but now you're going to live in the restoration and the recovery of all and get ready because 20 17 will earmark a new season of God for you, for your family, and for your future in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.
Whose report will you believe? God, I believe you can believe God's report. I believe you can believe it on sugar. I believe you can believe it on high blood pressure. Disintegrating disc. And I believe in, even in the report of, of diminishing sight. I believe that God can restore all of that. Now, do you believe that? Tell me what's wrong with you. How's your blood? How about your sugar? Okay, how about your sight? Diminishing. What's wrong with it? It's called We call it the devil. Okay, and uh, does that blur your vision or what? Okay, uh, how is it right now? Okay, um, I pray for you, and you can have a, a new eye appointment in seven days, and you can go, and uh, they can say and tell you that's been reversed. Sure. All right, good deal. I'm going to pray for you. Your sight's going to clear up tonight, but then you're going to go, and you're going to have it confirmed, okay? Now, where do you go to church at? Okay, we forgive you. Praise God. No. In the name of Jesus, I curse this attack of the devil, the blindness, and I command all this blurriness. I command these flat spots on his eyeballs in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Come out of him. And I loose the working of miracles in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. In Jesus' name. Now look at me. Tell me what you got. Okay, good deal. Look out here. Look, you see him clear? He's still a little blurry, just out of this eye here? Out of this one, okay. In the name of Jesus, all this blurriness, come out of him right now. You blind devil, loose him in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, take a look at him now. Always oh, cleared up, but well, they're good. Your deal, hallelujah. Now, how about uh, I talked to him about blood pressure. How's your blood pressure? I don't know. I have a doctor appointment. You have a doctor appointment. How's your? Are you a diabetic? Are you, uh, really? Okay. Has he warned you about you being on on the verge of being diabetic? Okay. Well, that's where I got this high blood pressure and this diabetic. Now, listen. I'm going to pray for you, and then you're going to do what you need to do. Okay. Now you do what you can do, and God will do the rest. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, in the name of Jesus. Now, do you have the deteriorating back? No. Or do you? Okay, all right. In the name of Jesus. I curse this diabetes trying to come on her. I curse it right now from its roots. I command this high blood pressure right now. God, I ask you to resolve issues in the name of Jesus. And I curse this work of the devil. And I loose the report of the Lord. That by the stripes of Jesus, she is healed. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Go ahead, Matt. Amen. Amen. Well, sister, hey, uh, do you go to church here? No. Okay. Well, this is a great church. Hallelujah. Uh, are you about to make any decisions, big, bigger decisions? You'll know in about a week. Okay, well, the word that I've got for you, it, it has to do with uh, decisions, and, and the word is stop and wait. 
Stop and wait, okay? Stop and wait. And the reason why is because God has something bigger and better in mind, okay? He's got something bigger and better, and His favor is on you. you and and you, I, I don't know you from Adam. You don't know me. Uh, but God's favor is on you, not because of you, but because of His awesome love, because, because of Jesus. And, and favor, it's not, not fair, but it's yours, right and God's got something awesome but there's a decision coming up in your life and the word is stop and wait and see what God does amen amen okay and does that bear witness with your heart it does okay and, and I'm, I'm, we're right on here okay good now I'm going to ask you is there anything we can pray for you about I think God just singled you out I was all the way over there and I, I just I said, you know, walked all the way over here just because I felt God bringing me to you. Can we pray for you? That's not, and, and. Okay. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, by your stripes, she's healed. Now. Now, in the name of Jesus, every sugar line up now. Pancreas, you produce insulin now. And you spine, you regenerate the years the locusts have stolen are restored. The years have been restored. Years of saying, I don't want to because I don't feel good. Years of saying, I'm so tired. Years of saying, I feel like I'm not living my life to the fullest. Years of spending money on medication. Those years are being restored. Now you back, get off of her in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. She's healed today. Now would you just stand up for a second? Would you mind standing up? Now just do a little stretch here with me. Go just a little. There we go. All right. Now, now good. Yeah. Now the thing is, I just feel uh, there's the. the keep there's a place they were healed as they went you keep just keep on come 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 on how's it going it's good how good very good on a scale of one to ten how good a nine praise god hallelujah hallelujah What's your name, sister? Sandy. Sandy, I'm so glad I met you tonight. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hey, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Don't. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's been a pretty good year for you, huh? God has really brought some blessing in your life here and just restored and above blew your mind but um, as I saw you God said that there are still some deep emotional wounds and scars in your life that you've never let him take care of yet so deep that you've based every decision from the point of those things that have happened to you You've based every decision you've made because of that. And God says, tonight's the night. 
for restoration and complete healing to come to those deep wounds. He see, he wants more than just physical, monetary blessings in our life. He wants a complete wholeness in us. Do you believe that? Is this speaking to you? All right. Just take my hand. Let's agree right now. Father God. pray you'll touch this heart right now you'll come and heal these deep wounds these deep scars that have hurt her you apply the healing balm of Gilead right now the anointing of God begin to flow over her where there be no residue no residue left but complete healing complete freedom Right now, in the name of Jesus, release. Release right now. Complete healing in her heart, her soul, and her mind. These things will not plague her anymore. And she will be free to make the decisions that you've called her to. Without reservation, no more reservation, no more holding back. And Father, I speak to her self-esteem right now. You will cause her to see herself as you see her, God. A beautiful daughter that is full of power and glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do you mind? You mind if I just sit next to you? Okay, okay. Now I'm just gonna talk to you. That message about going and pursuing, you have to literally take that and apply it directly to some situations that you're dealing with. And you have to put aside what the intelligence that you have would say because of your experience because of your intelligence you know it will say well you know what that's that's that that that's not really worth pursuing but god is saying to you if you will set that aside and have faith in him there are some specific things that you can pursue that faith will bring the past. That makes sense? Amen. Yes, it does. Now, um, are you dealing with something uh, that you haven't been very vocal about, uh, something in the body? going to pray father in the name of jesus we come against this spirit this diabetes we just curse it now and god we just thank you right now that we take authority over it in jesus name 
And God, I thank you that the wisdom and the knowledge that you give my brother, he will operate in that. And this thing will never plague him again. In Jesus' name, amen. As your father was reading that story this evening, it's kind of interesting. Everybody I was going to call out, minister to everybody's hit them tonight. But God just, even up in the office, God began to deal with me. David began to draw from a lot of investment that was in his life. And he encouraged himself in the Lord this last year. In fact, it's been longer than a year. It's been some of the craziest times you've ever seen. But David was at a point where there was a prophetic promise. There was a prophetic purpose. But then there was that prophetic mean, which is the duration of time between a, the time that something was prophetically spoken to the time that something began, that Kairos moment connected with a prophetic season, timing, and purpose. David had that experience of an old prophet of God taking fresh oil in an old vessel to anoint him for divine future. And during this last, in fact, within the last seven years, there has been that, you've been in that prophetic mean, and it's been a time somewhat, you've heard from God here and there, but he was talking about the prophetic silence. But even in a prophetic silence is also a time of spiritual gestation where God doesn't need to speak because what you need to do is remember and think and meditate on what you know already is God. And you've been going through a very intense season over the last few years because of all the words that have been spoken, but then everything, it's like God's beginning to unfold even the future to you. And I tell you by the Spirit of God that the prophetic mantle that God's placed upon you, there is going to be such a keen discernment that is going to come upon you. And the word of knowledge and the word of prophecy is going to begin to spew out of you with such a pre precision that at times it's going to shake you to the depths of your spirit. But God's going to put something on your preaching. And you will see that just as with great precision that you will minister through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, God is going to give you a revelation of times and seasons and events and you're going to begin to prophetically begin to insert that into your messages. And there is a whole new atmosphere that's going to be created through the words that you speak. Because what you're going to see, oftentimes people don't understand the difference between a new dimension and a new season. See, oftentimes we're so busy looking for a new season, but it's the new dimension that causes us to create the new season that we're coming into. And you went through this period of time of spiritual gestation. And all of a sudden, you're going to begin to see all things, a lot of things in this next year are going to begin to click. Because God has put a new mantle upon you. And there's an oil that is being poured upon you that is bringing a glory. And the signs, wonders, and miracles are going to begin to manifest even in greater magnitude. And I tell you that you will stand head and shoulders above many. There is an honor that God is going to begin to bring upon you. He has seen the humility that you've walked in. In fact, you've been so willing to honor other people even if you didn't get honored, that it was all right with you if you just go ahead and you was just there in the back in the background. But I tell you 
that God is going to begin to bring you forth, you and your husband. And you will see that there, it's interesting because Randy's got all this energy, but there's a pastoral side of him, but there's a strong prophetic side to you. And you're going to see that that prophetic side is going to begin to kick in. And I tell you, that is what is going to begin to begin to bring an infusion of new atmospheres. And it's something that God will use you to begin to create new seasons. God, through that gift, see, we can speak new seasons in our lives. But then there's times when an anointing comes upon a prophet or a prophetess of God where God sets them and at times it will look like you're standing all by yourself. But you've got to have the spiritual fortitude on the inside of you to be willing to stand and decree, thus saith the Lord of the hosts. And I tell you, it is lonely at that point. But I tell you, God will be with you because God will use you to literally infuse a new prophetic atmosphere and release a new prophetic event even in the spirit realm now it's hard to explain but I know you know what I'm talking about and it will cause a chain of events to begin to take place you will see there's times you're going to be and 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 it probably be, I don't know how it's going to happen but I see cities beginning to open up and I see God beginning to bring revivals to cities and you're going to see and listen now now you get excited about God using other people but I'm telling you God is raising you up and you are going to connect with your identity. And you are going to connect with, because there is a Kairos moment where divine pro promise and divine purpose come together. And it's going to connect. And in that, you're going to see something. See, David did something his enemies didn't think he would do. He thought differently. But see, he put on the linen ephod, which had never been done by anybody else but a priest. And he began to respond. He had experience. But as he began to rehearse what God did, a revelation began to birth him into a whole new genre of lifestyle in Israel. Because shortly after that, he got the crown. And what you're going to see is through that revelation, you're going to put on the linen that you're going to put on Christ in a way and you're going to approach God in a way you've never done before. But I'm going to tell you, when this begins to flow upon you, at times it's going to be so intense that you, you're, it's all you're going to be able to do to stand in it. There'll be times you'll stand out in front of big crowds and you'll know something about everybody simultaneously and, it will, and, and you'll like, God, how can I deal with this? But yet you'll know. But see, the Holy Ghost can do more in you just by even praying in the Holy Ghost. But you're going to begin to see whole new avenues of the prophetic begin to be released upon you. And you're going to begin to walk in it. And I'm telling you, God is going to elevate you in the kingdom. And it wouldn't surprise, well, I'm just going to tell you this. The time is coming when the bookings are going to come. Because God is going to begin to, I'm telling you, everything is getting ready to be expedited. Your sons have grown. Your children have grown. And in fact, those are things you've even been thinking about. You know, God, yeah, because you've been willing to make sure things were in place. But I tell you, God's got that. Now you're going to see that God's put a word in you. And it's for this time, this generation, this season. And you're going to see the he even the healing power of God is going to be... 
I'm going to tell you, God's going to quicken you in dreams and visions even more clearly than what you've ever known. And you will take your place among the prophets and the prophetesses. And you shall be a voice and not an echo. Father, I thank you. In Jesus' name. I thank you. Guys, get one of you, Leonard, you stand over there. Joe, you take that. Philip, will you take this one? Matt, will you take this one? Rick, you take this one. And Daniel, you take that one. Stand right in front of it. In, in the front of the pew there. Then I want you to begin, Leonard, to prophesy over this whole section here. Pronounce blessing upon them. Prophesy. Begin to speak to their life. Begin to release the Holy Ghost in their life. Go ahead, Leonard, you first. For the spirit of fear shall be terminated, saith the Lord, and the spirit of hesitation. And I shall birth a new awareness within thee, for I am not a God that is far off, and I am not slack concerning my promise. But know this day that I am for you, and know this day that I am birthing something new within you. And in this hour you shall rise up with a new awareness of who you are. You shall rise up and shall connect with the identity that I have called you to be. You shall rise up, saith the Lord, and you shall see that I shall put a precise word of faith within your mouth. And you will speak and it shall manifest. You will de decree and you shall see it established. You shall not be afraid, saith the Lord, but you shall rise up. Your thinking shall change. Your perception shall change. For I am birthing a revelation within your heart and within your spirit of those things that I will do in your life in this hour, saith the Lord. Go ahead, Joe. Hallelujah. The Lord says to you that those things that religion and tradition have taught you, those things that have hurt you in the past because of religious people is being released in your life. And if you'll receive healing, the healer is here tonight to deliver you from those mindsets and those things that have held you back. And complete freedom is being delivered to you to move into the things he called you to do that religion told you you could not do. The things that religion and tradition closed down in your life. The word of God is birthing again anew in you. And he's bringing healing and setting you free from religious leaders that have hurt you in the past. He's bringing deliverance in your life over that. And the Lord says that I'm speaking freedom in your life. And I'm loosing you to go forward and do the things I've called you to do. You think it's too late, but it's not. God says he saved you for such a time as this. Hallelujah. And he's calling you out into complete freedom in him, says the Lord your God. Yeah. Praise God. Tonight I declare over each of you. That the Lord is saying that he had a word for Joshua. And even after a time where Joshua felt like he had lived a long time. And had seen many things. The Lord said unto him Joshua. There's yet much for us to do. The Lord is telling me to tell you tonight. That there's no condemnation for those who he has redeemed. 
not only is there no condemnation, but it's time for us to receive the identities that God declares over us. When he walked up to Gideon, he was saying, I'm the least and the poorest. But God's report from heaven was he was a mighty man of valor. Esther was a woman that was called at this time. Mary was one who was blessed and highly favored. This is a year where God is calling us to receive the identity of God. To stand up and understand that along with his redemption, he gave us sonship daughtership and he has declared that we are kings and priests on this earth that we are to reign and that God has said not only in this time shall you receive a hundredfold but when you get to heaven eternal life this is a time where God is declaring over each of you to stand boldly right there and receive who he has made you to be be like Moses and go and say the great I am has sent me therefore he's with me therefore he will go with you and he says that to his people that seek him he shall be found and those that know their God shall do great exploits in Jesus name amen, amen. and the word I have for this session tonight is now faith is and my and this is a, this is a heavenly challenge it is a heavenly calling it is a heavenly impartation of now faith not to believe God for what you can believe God for but to believe God for what God wants you to believe for to have the faith of God the faith in God the God kind of faith and there there is a call on you for radical Christianity for rad the, 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 the things you said okay Lord I know I want to do it I know I, I don't understand it I don't comprehend it I don't know how we're going to get there and the word is now faith is quit waiting start doing take the step of faith into the impossible, the unknown, the the things that 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 you you want to do, but you just haven't got the do it. This is a year of do it now. Faith, quit believing with your pockets. Start believing with God's pockets, and start believing with God's vision, not your vision. And when you see it, step into it. Don't wait. Step. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. This section must be related to that section because that's what I wanted to say to this section. But but God is telling me, listen, get excited. Get excited. Stop walking around with the heaviness. Stop walking around in the status quo, the woe is me. Stop carrying all that baggage that keeps you from praising God, worshiping God like he desires for you to do so, like what's up in you. There is something in you that is bubbling on the inside. God says, listen, let this season, let this year be a year of excitement. Be excited about God. Enjoy your relationship with God. Understand that you have a relationship with God Almighty. That's not something for you to walk around with your head down. I don't care. Listen, I don't care how difficult it has been. He is a rewarder to those that diligently seek him. And God is saying, now is the time. If you've never been excited before, now is the time to get excited. Here's what you're going to see. 
You're going to see relationships within the family restored. You're going to see people in the family that have never accepted you, that have talked bad about you. There is going to come a healing in the family, says the Lord. Listen, you need to be excited. For some of you, finances have been a real difficult subject matter. God is saying, get excited. Get excited. Get excited and don't let anything stop you from praising him. Get excited, says the Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. The Lord would say that the dream that I have placed in you was not birthed in the minds and the purposes of man. The dream, the vision that I have birthed in you, I have only given it to you because only you have the tenacity to see the promise fulfilled. I would say unto you, don't worry about what, where other people's faith are. Don't worry about those who you have shared that dream with, shared that vision with. They have not shared your understanding because they have not heard it from the king. But you have heard the declarations, the decrees of the Most High. You have heard that those things, every single person in this section has a dream and has a vision, has a purpose, has a plan, has a destiny. You've wrote it down, but over the course of time, you've started to see those things eroded. But the Lord would say to you this night, you did not come here in vain. You did not come here just to attend service because that's what you do. You came to hear a word that was going to transition, a word that was going to shift, a word that was going to encourage you in the midst of your situation in the midst of your circumstance. The Lord would say unto you, rise up this day, pursue, overtake, and recover all. Rise up this day, and I will make you, I'll, I'll give you the feet like hinds feet, that by your God you will run through a troop, and by your God you will leap over a wall. Every promise will be fulfilled. Every circumstance will fall at your feet, for you are children of the King Most High. God has not given you that dream that vision, that purpose, that plan in vain. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. If he declared it, he'll make it good. I would say unto you, lift up your head, throw back your shoulders, get your confession lined up with the purpose, the plan, the destiny, the will of God. He has called you. He has purposed you. He has delivered you a word that will not return void. Believe on him and speak the declarations of the king and he will bring it to pass, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you'll stand to your feet tonight, hallelujah. I loose God the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge upon this congregation. Let their ears be sensitive to what the spirit of the Lord says. Let their eyes be open, God, and see what the spirit is doing and about to do. Let us be available, God, to the doors that are shut and the doors that are open. I loose God blessing upon them. I lose health, I lose longevity, I lose strength, I lose increase, I lose multiplication upon them. Father, I lose the goodness of the Lord. I lose the favor of God. I lose safety and security. I lose God reconciliation. I lose God restoration upon families and upon marriages. I lose God right now, the strength of the Lord. I lose God the strength of God. I lose the counsel of the Lord. I lose God the wisdom in the direction of God. I lose the fullness of their purpose, God. And I lose God the faith that the just lives by. I lose these things upon these people. And I declare the goodness of God. And I declare, God, that they shall see the power of God in the land of the living. 
and that God they would declare declare and decree the good things of the Lord and that God they shall be the lights of the world that God they shall be the cities that that cannot be hid that God they will be the voice of one preparing the coming Christ and I loose God the goodness of God the blessing of God and I loose the harvest God of every seed that they sow and God I loose the windows of heaven opening up God upon the faithful tithers and God I decree the year 2017 will be a year of pursuit be a year of overtaking God and a year of recovering all a year of faith God and a year of seeking the Lord I decree these things God and I loose the Holy Ghost in the fullest measure that we can have as believers upon us let us dream let us see visions let us decree God let us preach let us demonstrate the gospel of Jesus Christ of Nazareth amen